Welcome to the Bucky cast, folks. John, along with Rob here. We're in February. It's officially February 1st. The month of January has passed, and we're now in what, in my opinion, is one of the most boring sports months of the year, uh, beaten only by July. Uh, not a lot happens in February. So, other than there's lots of college basketball to watch. It's the prelude to March Madness. So that, other than that, that's that's about it. Rob, how are you doing? I'm doing well, trying to weather this uh, cold snap that we've had coming through. So, um, so far, so good. It's about to turn into a warm snap, so don't worry. <laughs> Wisconsin's weather has been particularly insane this year. Uh, we're just getting over a massive snowstorm and, and sub-zero uh, temperatures. And now we're now it's going to warm up and rain, apparently, in a couple of days. I guess so, I can't woo! complain if I've only had to shovel three inches or more twice. I mean, that's a pretty good winner. <laughs> yeah, it's, this has been a goofy winter. Um, anyway, we're going to bring you some uh, some of our normal men's and women's hockey news. We've got a little women's volleyball action to talk about. Uh, the men's basketball team, I guess we have to talk about them. Uh, we can't avoid that subject. And then lots and lots of football recruiting news. Today was National Signing Day, the second part due of National Signing Day. So um, let's let's get right into it. Uh, first off, we've got to do our uh, our evidently it's our liquor roundtable today. Uh, Rob, you're you're you went straight to the vodka, huh? I did. I. Uh... I did, by the way, stop and talk to some reps from Good City Brewing to see if maybe we can't do a uh, podcast from their brewery or something. And so I'm waiting to hear back from them on that. But in the meantime, I did end up going with a nice vodka 7-Up for the night. So. It's got a nice hazy glass of vodka 7-Up right there for anyone who's watching this on YouTube. <laughs> Oh, my... It looks like it's blurred out, like you Repl- got like some sort of like you got replaced... some sort of corporate insignia on it. I replaced my Stein with the Bucks. Uh... We can't advertise <laughs> the Bucks on a Badgers podcast, for heaven's <laughs> sake! Oh, I tell you, um, I tonight am drinking uh, from Modicum Brewing Company, which is located in Altoona, Wisconsin. Mm. Uh, Altoona being basically a part of Eau Claire. Uh, Modicum has brought me Dagnabbit, which is their Scotch Ale, uh, which is oh. fairly strong. Scotch Ales are usually, they tend to be pretty boozy and pretty malty. And this one's no exception. Got a nice coppery color to it. Definitely, you know, you can yeah. see the, you can see the glow there. Looks good. Um, good, strong, malty, uh, malty taste to it, but you can definitely taste the, taste the alcohol in this one a good contribution uh from modicum so if you get a chance um you know visit uh your if you're driving through the eau claire area you can visit them they are located in actually a little bit of a beer triangle along with k-point brewing and ambibulous which i may even be saying wrong because i couldn't pronounce it correctly even when i was in their their brewing their taste room <laughs> so um yeah we'll Little little advice if you're touring the Eau Claire area, stop in there. They've got 
I think five or six different breweries in Eau Claire and Altoona itself. And then there are several others scattered around there, including, of course, Wine and Kugel's Brewing Company. Highly recommend the tour there. I guess I didn't realize they were all up in Eau Claire. That's interesting. Yep. Chippewa Falls is right next door. Hmm. On that note, let's let's jump into sports. First of all, we're going to talk about women's hockey because we're going to talk about the most successful program first. Uh, The women's hockey program uh, went up to the Twin Cities this weekend. I was there, folks. I was visiting a friend. I had a bright idea. Hey, let's go to a hockey game. And we drove on over to Mendota Heights and watched uh, Wisconsin take on St. Thomas. Now, on Friday night, uh, the Badgers fell behind 1-0, came back and scored six straight goals, and won that game 6-1. to one. Saturday night was a little bit more of a struggle. Uh, they they got up 1-0 early, uh, and then partway through the second, they were up 3-0, and then they just sort of played with their food from there. It was really obvious St. Thomas was not as skilled as uh, Wisconsin was. They, they Wisconsin spent all of their time on the St. Thomas end. It seemed St. Thomas in that three nothing shutout hardly ever came down to the Badger end. I think the the shots on goal differential was something like uh, thirty eight to thirteen. And even that was a little low. The the scorers weren't necessarily keeping tight track of how many shots Wisconsin had on goal. So St. Thomas got good goaltending. The Badgers tried to be a little too fancy. Like I said, they played with their food a little bit. They tried to do a lot of make the perfect pass, you know, do the perfect thing. And so they didn't score as many goals as they probably should have. But again, um, you know, came away with a with a sweep on the series. Um, Casey O'Brien was named the forward of the week for the WCHA. She had five points last weekend, which is quite a bit in one weekend. Badgers next up uh, this weekend take on St. Cloud State here at Laban. And no, I, I take that back. It's not at Laban. Friday night, they are at the Cole Center. For fill the bowl. That is at the Cole Center, isn't it? I believe so. I'm sorry, just looking at it right now. <laughs> Rob, help me out. I've trapped myself. Yep, they, they are at the Cole Center. Okay, yeah. thank you. Thank so, you. Friday the Cole Center, then then Saturday at Laban. Yep. Friday nights fill the bowl. Um, it's a great event. They're trying to get as many women's hockey fans as they can. It's worthwhile. It's better than watching the men. So on and I've I've made this point before. Honestly, when you're watching men's and women's hockey, there's not an appreciable difference between um, watching men play hockey and watching women play hockey, especially for the Badgers. Um, they, you know, it's it's essentially the same thing. Uh, so if if you're if you're interested in that, other than there's no checking in the women's game, apparently. I saw a decent check thrown this last weekend. It got called as a penalty. So uh, outside of that, you know, women's hockey is, is perfectly fun to watch. And I would highly recommend going if you can. The tickets are extremely cheap. So check everyone it out. That, everyone that went and watched the volleyball team come right out and watch the hockey team too. 
That would be incredible, <laughs> but I don't think that's going to happen. It, I would if they got like six thousand, seven thousand fans in there. I think that would be like a massive success, considering the size of Laban and the fact that it rarely sells out. Yeah. Um, I think getting like seven, six to eight thousand fans would be incredible. Anything over that would just probably set a women's hockey attendance record. So, um, although I don't know what the size of Minnesota's arena is, they could probably pack them in there pretty well. So. Anyway, three series left, three series left. Yep, that's right. Wisconsin desperately trying to hold on to uh, that eighth ranking so that they can make it into the NCAA tournament. Uh, It's going to be a hard, they made it hard for themselves that five game slide. So we'll see if they can, if they can rebound and make it back in. I think they will, but we'll find out. Um. The men's team, I'll mention briefly, because they got swept at Notre Dame and it wasn't pretty. And this is pretty much what I consider to be the final nail in in Tony Granato's coffin. Uh, they're now three and thirteen in the Big Ten. Uh, they're six games below five hundred overall, a ten and sixteen. Not to mention the exhibition they lost. So. I don't know what more you can recover really from from this season or from the last few years outside of the Cole Caulfield era. It's just it's it's kind of over. It's it. I think it has to be over at this point because it, people are starting to get a little embittered with Tony Granado, and he was a great great player for the Badgers for many years, and he's a great ambassador for the sport of hockey. But this is really ruining his rep. Yeah. And I think it's I think it's time to be done before it's just irretrievably gone. Uh let's switch over to women's volleyball. The Badgers got another transfer in, and it's another enormously good transfer. Rob Yeah, yeah so we 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 got um TTA Tammy Thomas Alara from Northwestern, who, you know, is just just some small stats here. All-American, first uh, first team, all-Big Ten, all-region. leads Led the conference with 502 kills. Um, three-time Big Ten Player of the Week. Um, second in the conference with 4.33 kills per set. Not per game, per set. Uh, had 10 kills in 28 of her 32 matches. And 20 or more kills seven times. Uh, Season-high 26 kills against... Powerhouse Nebraska. So um I believe Northwestern upset Nebraska in that match yep. too. Yep. Um, so we essentially we've gotten Northwestern's MVP. Yep. Uh for a year. This can only be good, right? I don't I don't know <laughs> if we've we've added another outside hitter, which probably means that somebody's gonna have to shift over to the to the back line, probably uh Yulia Orgel. Yep. And meanwhile, I'm pretty sure Anna Smrek's going to slide over to the middle blocker and uh, pair her with Carter Booth, who transferred in from Minnesota, who was all freshman Big Ten. Yep. Wisconsin's got a lot of a lot of things going for them. Uh, Devin Robinson, Sarah Franklin, now now TTA. Uh, they've just they it's just loaded with weapons. I really don't know how else. And, and let's not forget Carolyn Crawford's a middle blocker as well. Exactly. That's what I was going to say. So, 
everyone talks about how Nebraska recruits like crazy, but the job that uh, Sheffield has done with this transfer portal over the last two years is amazing. I mean, he's also got, I think, the number one setter coming in from the state of California. Uh, but in addition to that, yeah, he's taken uh, best hitter at Michigan State, best hitter at Northwestern, um, Big 12 hitters, uh, and, and, and of course, um, we already had Robinson on our own team from before and yeah, so it's just crazy what our front row is going to be I can't see anything but Orzel having to move to the back row um you know can hit out of the back row maybe although Franklin does that too so we'll have to see how he handles the rotation but we have a ton of hitters now and on top of that he's already got four I think freshman recruits coming in for the class of 2024 including I believe that top setter from California Right. Uh, they only have one freshman coming in next year, and that's um, Sage Damro. So, <sighs> just an embarrassment of riches. They've they've got another. Uh, now I'm blanking on her name. She was a freshman this last year, who was also like a top twenty five player in the country, and she hardly played. So, <laughs> Wisconsin's just got ridiculous amounts of players now. <laughs> um. Yeah, it, it's crazy. That season, they do have, I think they have some spring exhibitions coming up, hopefully soon. Um, very soon, uh, Wisconsin softball will be starting up. So that's good news. Yeah, next week, right? Or Yeah, next week. It is. Ne- I think it's next week, yeah. Might be next weekend, but um, yeah, that's coming up as well. And now, now we have to turn to somewhat more depressing news because we can't, it's the elephant in the room. We have to address it. (sighs) Men's basketball. What the heck is going on with Greg Gard's team? They finally nailed rock bottom uh, last week when they lost to Maryland 55-73. It was at Maryland, I'll grant you, but that was a disaster from the word go. Uh, that was the game they were missing. They were still missing Max Klesmet. Uh Wisconsin looked like they wanted no part of, of playing basketball that, that evening. And as a consequence, they got blown out. The game wasn't, they were only down four at half, but it felt like the game against Indiana where four points was practically insurmountable the way they were playing. And they immediately got blown out to start the second half. And it was all just Maryland just toying with them through the, through the end. So that was an ugly, ugly game. Uh, Then uh, this last weekend, they played at home against Illinois they got a big crowd in there. They got lots of energy. The The student section was back. Uh, it was, by all accounts, a very, very loud arena. And Wisconsin and Illinois very much struggled in the first half to get any sort of offense going at all. It was 2016 at the half. And then Illinois just opened up a can on them in the, uh, in the second half. It was sort of embarrassing. Uh, 61-51, the Badgers lost. It wasn't even particularly that close. Uh, Wisconsin couldn't shoot. They could not score. 
And that has been a, a continuing theme. I think Max Klosman was actually their leading scorer against that's Illinois. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Which is was... a little sad because <laughs> the guy who comes back from having a concussion leads your team in scoring. Meanwhile, the people have been playing this whole time. Can't even get up the, the energy to try and do anything. Yeah. Rob, this looks like a worn out team that has kind of tuned out their coach and is just waiting for the season to finally be over. Yeah, unfortunately, I think in the beginning of the season, you and I both agreed that we thought this was going to be a challenging year for the team. Uh, I felt being optimistic, we might be in the top half of the Big Ten. Uh, but then we were greatly encouraged by the performance coming out of the gate. Even even against a team like Kansas, they played really well. But what we're missing, it seems like, in the last five games, four or five games, is the desire, the the um, will that they had to exert their influence on the other team. And that's what really, all the games were close. I mean, how many games are, are less than less than 10 points before, you know, we started losing by more than 10 points? The last uh, three games have been ugly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's and, and yeah, we had some injuries in there, but it really seems like the team doesn't have the same drive that they had at the beginning of the season. So to your point of possibly guard, maybe having lost the team a little bit, I think they're in their own heads. And I think you're absolutely right. Whatever he was doing to get that encouragement, to have them perform to a top level that they were doing before, it seems to be gone now. Again, uh, depth issues, you know, this, they're, they're probably tired. Number one, um, he- Chucky Hepburn, uh, Stephen Crowell have had to carry a huge load mm-hmm. all year. Um, Connor Sejian, you know, he's, he's, I'm not going to say he's hit the freshman wall. He really hasn't yet. Uh, but he has not been quite the force that he was earlier in the year. Uh, it, it's funny you say that. I made a comment during the Illinois game. I turned to my wife and I said, that's the first time all year I've seen him actually play like a freshman in a couple of uh, series that he had there. And yeah, exactly. So uh, it's just Wisconsin has five starters. They have Jordan Davis off the bench. Everybody else on that team is not worthy of uh, game minutes for a group of six team. That's just, that's just how it is. That's it, it. You know, it's frankly a little bit embarrassing. Carter Gilmore has gotten a little better, but, you know, Carter Gilmore getting a little better means that Carter Gilmore is still not great. I, I, I'm even overstating that. Carter Gilmore is still not good. <laughs> He's at best a, a, a net uh, uh, neutral. You know, He's not contributing anything, but he's not losing the game for them. And, and that's not how you want your number one big off the bench to to contribute to your team. Yeah, that's the other thing with him is I think he knows it. I think he feels it because he seems scared to take a shot. Uh, There are times where he has been wide open or driving and he will stop and look to make the pass rather than take a shot or drive to the rim. And it's almost like he doesn't think he's really a starter level player. He's and he's not. He's just he, he isn't. Um, he is a former walk-on who, if he was the third option off the bench uh, coming in for the backcourt to eat up like five or six minutes a game, I, I would say, okay, you're, you're doing about what I would expect. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. But um, Greg Gard, the the failure to get a big man in the portal uh, this last offseason is really becoming obvious now. And the fact that they also don't really have any sort of depth in their backcourt is starting to become really obvious now, too. Yeah. So um, we, we have what can only be considered a, a whole cluster of fails right now in terms of recruiting and using the transfer portal. Greg Gard is is uh, his seat, while not warm, is not cold either now. And the main reason I say that, if they were twelve and eight and they had won a few, lost a few, won a few, lost a few, um, I don't think anyone would have a, would make a big deal out of it because they weren't supposed to be that good this year. You cannot go eleven and two, and then proceed to go one and six in the heart of the big 10 schedule, you just can't do it. Yeah. Uh, you, you, Wisconsin is one of the bottom four teams in the big 10 right now. We're rapidly slipping into the NIT. That's if we can manage to stay above 500. Otherwise there's not going to be any NIT. Yeah. And I will tell you this, the reason that they are not succeeding has to be laid at Greg Gard's feet. This is, you know, this is his team. He recruited all these guys and you've got a ton of players, at least six or seven who are on scholarship who obviously shouldn't be, or at least Mm -hmm. not at Wisconsin. And he brought all those guys in. And, you know, it's, this is, this is the, um, the Luke Fickle effect and I talked about this on Lockdown Badgers with, with Ryan Herrings. Uh, the, the Luke Fickle effect is going to start to be felt in all of Wisconsin's athletic programs. Um, right now, Luke Fickle and Kelly Sheffield are playing the offseason game correctly. Greg Gard is not playing the offseason game correctly. He needs a big recruiting class in 2024. And he needs to find an impact transfer for next year who can score who can score baskets. You know, they need a guy who averages 15, 16, 17 points a game desperately. And they don't have it. They didn't get the internal improvement they were expecting. And it's, that's where they're stuck. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. We, we've discussed before as well, the promising classes that we have ahead of us if we get the people that we seem to think we may be favored for but we need we still need to work that transfer portal better than what we have done in the last couple of years uh except for maybe klezman um i you're right the depth is crazy i i know we went through if you want to call it bad luck but maybe we call it bad recruiting or a combination of both where we lost a bunch of players to transfers uh but then we replaced them with a bunch of of you substandard know, players right basically. through the transfer portal so um you know maybe two or three years from now we're looking really good but we've got that uh ncaa tournament streak on the line <laughs> you know we we have 10 games left and of those 10 games i think i want to say five of them or six of them are against teams that are in the bottom half of the big 10 so we it, this is gonna this is gonna determine how hot guard seed is is the is the next ten games because 
they realistically, if they can get back to the confidence level they had in the beginning, even if we win these games by one or two points, uh, this is what we need to do over the next 10 games is win against every team that's in the bottom half of the Big Ten. I'll say this. If Greg Gard goes six and four over his last 10 games, I think Wisconsin makes it into the NCAA tournament. It would really help if they would win one game in the Big Ten tournament to get yeah. them in yeah. and get to 19 wins. But, you know, right now that's six wins is a steep asking price for how badly this team is playing. Yeah. And the bigger worry now is, is Wisconsin starting to fall behind the rest of the Big Ten? Almost every team in the Big Ten has upgraded its recruiting um, to a point where they can bring in, you know, four and even five-star players. Uh, we've even seen Rutgers and Penn State yeah. and Northwestern yeah. improve their recruiting. Wisconsin's going backwards right now. They really are. The 2023 class is okay. But, you know, there's no there's no bona fide star in that class. And if they can't come up with a bona fide star in 2024, I, I don't know what Greg Gard's going to do. He's going to have to keep on trying to get guys to overachieve and dig up more gems like Connor Sejian and Tyler Wall if he's going to uh, continue to win at Wisconsin. If he doesn't win, Chris McIntosh will replace him. Yeah. We, we know that now. There was a worry that that he was that Chris McIntosh would just continue with Barry Alvarez's policies. He will not. If Greg Gard doesn't win, Greg Gard will be gone. Because this is the other cash cow at Wisconsin is men's basketball. And you cannot, cannot let it atrophy to the point where we're back to where we were in the late 80s, where there was just program-wide apathy and nobody was showing up for basketball games. Yep, exactly. All right. Next games are going to be uh, tomorrow. They are playing at Ohio State. That is a winnable game. Yep. That is a game that they absolutely have to win. If they don't win that game, I don't know how many more games they're going to win. Maybe two or three. Yep. And then they take on Northwestern at home, where Wisconsin has traditionally had great success against Northwestern. Uh, that game is on Sunday, I believe. So the next two games are going to be really telling. Wisconsin's either going to get back on track and maybe move towards getting themselves back into the NCAA tournament talk, or they are going to fall further behind. Yeah, All I, right. think they, I think at the very least, they have to win this Ohio State game. If they don't they, win it. They very much do have to win the Ohio State game. Yeah. And on a positive note, outside of Purdue, no one in the Big Ten is seemingly invincible this year. Yeah. Right now, Illinois is in second place. And they're Illinois, second place at seven and four in, in conference. So, yes. And there is not a Big Ten team that doesn't have, outside of Purdue, every other Big Ten team has at least six to seven losses. Exactly. So, this isn't a crazy hard schedule coming up. Winnable games. I'm not asking them to beat the Zach Eadie, you know, juggernaut. That I that I can accept that they're not going to be able to win that game, but they better start winning some of the other ones. Zach Eady's lifeless eyes. No, that's in that way he fits with Purdue Pete. <laughs> you know, Purdue Pete, his eyes, 
Like doll's eyes. <laughs> Lifeless eyes. All right. Let's switch over to football. And um, right now, Luke Fickle continuing to win the offseason here at Wisconsin. Um, we don't want to become the new Nebraska because Nebraska was the offseason champion of the Big Ten for six years running um, under Scott Frost. And we definitely, you know, don't want to fall into that category. But all the signs so far are very positive for uh, Wisconsin football. First off, we want to talk about commitments because Wisconsin reeled in three in the last week. And uh, we're going to start off. Rob, what, do you, what can you tell us about our first tight end on the list here? Well, Grant Steck, uh, 6'6", 220, out of Algonquin, Illinois. Um, I believe he's a four-star. Yes, he is. Um, so uh, watch the the film on him compared to uh, Rob Booker. And I, I got to be honest, he is he's a great um, inline blocker. He moves well with his blocking. He blocks like a lineman. He's got good hands, um, runs his routes really well, really sharp route running. Um, so, you know, very good looking tight end, um, especially with his ability to block. You mentioned Rob Booker. That's our other commit, which happened a couple days later. Uh, Booker out of my my hometown, Wanakee, Wisconsin. Nice. Uh, again, uh, Steck, good in both the blocking and receiving categories. Um, uh, Booker, good receiver, good athlete, um, blocks like a wide receiver. Um, you know, I, I see, I see an awful lot of, of just shoving going on and not, you know, that he doesn't really get a shoulder into guys. He's just sort of moving, moving them around, uh, shielding them from the ball carrier. So that's something, but then again, he's only 210 pounds. So if they can put some weight on him, he may be able to actually do a little bit more blocking, but really he's going to be an H back type tight end and they're going to use him right down the seam of the defense. I love to I keep I love to keep saying this. They're gonna try and unzip the defense with him right up yeah. the seam. Yep. And yeah. uh both are both are 2024 recruits. We should mention this. They won't be here next season, but they are coming the season after that. Yeah, so. you watch Grant Steck and your brain goes, that's what that's what we need out of a good tight end. And then you watch Rob Booker and you you get your tinglys and you're like, oh, this guy's exciting to watch. So good, good combination of tight ends for the yep. 24 class. So Wisconsin's full up on tight ends now in 2024, um, unless they suffer a bunch of losses uh, to attrition, they are going to only take two tight ends. Uh, these are the types of tight ends that we've been wishing and wishing for years Wisconsin would get. And now finally uh, Luke Fickle has brought that, Brought that to fruition. Um, I will not lie. Both of these tight ends were heavily recruited by the previous staff. Wisconsin was a heavy favorite for both of them. Uh, so I'm not going to say that this was a Luke Fickle uh, project alone or Gino Gaduli, who is the tight ends coach. Uh, this was not just their doing, but it was the work put in by the previous staff as well that helped get Wisconsin to this point. So that, that is the 2024 news, but we have the announcement, the capstone of the 2023 class for National Signing Day number two. Uh, Rob, take it away. We know this gentleman well. 
Yeah, so we have Jamal Howard, uh, 6'3", defensive tackle out of Chicago, Marist. Uh, we've we've had him before. He was committed before, and then he decommitted with the change in the coaching staff, decided to look elsewhere, went on a bunch of high-profile visits. And honestly, I, I don't know about you, but I thought he was gone. I thought for sure that uh, oh, yeah. there was no chance we were going to get him. And I will, then... uh, full disclosure, the Bucky cast uh, Twitter account unfollowed Jamal Howard. Uh, because I was certain he was going to go somewhere else. And he actually loyally continued to follow us. So I have to, I had to like put my tail between my legs today and, and refollow him. <laughs> I this is why we this is why we hesitate to follow a lot of recruits, is because you know there's a chance that they could do something that displeases you, like not play for your team. And then you're sort of you're sort of stuck with them uh, going forward. Um, but in this case, um, he he showed us wrong. Three hundred and twenty pounds, just an absolute rock. Uh, but don't let that size confuse you. This is a nimble dude. Yeah, I'll be honest. I I watched his junior film at the beginning of the year, and I was like, you know. He's he's a decent uh, defensive tackle. I definitely think he would help us, but I wasn't excited. Uh, I've watched his senior film, and I don't know, I don't know what he did over the his senior season, but his ability to shed blocks, his speed off of the uh, block, um, I, I've seen I've seen him overpower linemen, and I've seen him slide in the hole, and I've seen him chase down people and. I'll tell you what, he now I'm pretty excited because he looks really good on based off of his senior film. His short area quickness and yeah. and uh burst is tremendous. Um he's yeah, he's not gonna sprint down the field after a running back. Well, he might try, but he's not gonna catch him. <laughs> but in a short space in a phone booth, he can move very fast. Yeah. And that is, you know, Wisconsin has had that the last four years with uh Keanu Benton. And now they're going to probably get some more of that. He could play almost immediately as a true freshman. Wisconsin does not have big, bulky nose tackles like that on the roster. Curtis Neal is more of a he's more of a fire hydrant type of a, of a penetrator of a nose tackle. Gio Paez, you know, fifth year senior, hasn't shown much yet, but right. will probably be you know in the rotation at least at nose tackle. Uh, there was talk of moving Isaiah Mullins over to nose tackle. I don't know if that's going to happen or not. But, you know, Ben Barton converted offensive lineman, not really meant to play nose tackle at six foot five. Jamal Howard could very well be the, the primary guy by the end of the 2023 season. Right. And he's got all the uh, the makeup to to do that. So we will see what happens there but very promising, very good way to end the 2023 class. By the way, uh, Wisconsin decided to do a little bit of flexing uh, today with their 2023 class and uh, put up a billboard for about 15 minutes just off of Times Square in New York, uh, flashing up all the, uh, all of the, uh, I believe the early enrollees and all of the transfers. Right. Uh, got, uh, each a little bit of uh, time on the billboard. So literally 15 minutes of fame for everyone <laughs> on the team who enrolled early or transferred in. And that's 
something flashy, like sort of like the recruiting billboards in Chicago um, that Wisconsin has not traditionally done. And that was the varsity collective that did it. Yeah. Um, I was very skeptical that I felt the varsity collective had gotten started way too late that we were behind the game. The varsity collective has game. And they really, really showed it with some of the stuff they've done lately, you know, paying for for things like a 15-minute spot on a billboard in New York ain't cheap. Yeah. So that was an incredible thing. I think everyone was in shock. The first the first I saw of it was a, a tweet uh, from Big Cat, Barstool yeah. Big Cat. And I thought, that can't be real. He photoshopped that in. But it was real, and it was it was pretty incredible to see. I wonder if, I wonder if, obviously there's got to be some communication, but I wonder how closely the Varsity Collective is working with the recruiting department or the coaching staff to coordinate all this. I, I'm sure they're not just doing it on their own on a whim. So I really like, there must have been some good conversations uh, with Fickle coming in to say, this is how I want to utilize the Varsity Collective and, you know, a lot of pre-meetings to set all this kind of cooperation up. It was, it, 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 there's a level of excitement about the program. Sorry to stutter there, but there's a level of excitement. That's how excited I am. I stuttered um, to the program that just hasn't been there. And that's the biggest difference. We don't know anything about wins or losses, coaching style, how many you know future NFL players we're getting. Uh, we don't know if the 2024 class is going to be the, you know, going back to the, what we had in 2021 and 2020. But um, I can tell you that the excitement level around Wisconsin and the, the talk about the program nationwide has done a complete 180. This is no longer a stagnant sort of backwater viewed program. And, um, you know, we're, we're definitely not Iowa who just announced today that they're keeping their entire coaching staff, which boggles my mind that they would want to keep any of their offensive coaches other than the fact that their offensive coordinator is their coach's son. But we're not doing that. We have moved forward and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, thrilled with how this coaching staff has represented itself uh, nationwide in terms of recruiting and in terms of the energy they have brought on social media. Um, You know, they've done a a bunch of podcasts, obviously not ours. We're not there yet. We're we're trying. Okay. We're trying. Uh, But it's just, just an incredible amount of excitement. Speaking of excitement, um, February 1st begins a dead period that lasts until March 1st in terms of recruiting. Uh, on that note, there was another week of scholarship offers and another huge flurry of them. Last week, we tried to go through all of them. <laughs> and we're not going to do that this week because that took forever. And quite frankly, by the end there, we really didn't know which players were which or whose film we had watched. So we're just going to hit some of the highlights here. We will mention player names. I'm not going to go into too many details um, in terms of, like, you know, what what did we like, what didn't we like about the player. Just going to mention that they that they received offers. Um, 
we'll elaborate on a few of them. Like uh, Calvin Canola Watson, or I'm sorry, Winston. 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 Yeah. Like, what a way to start off my my uh, <laughs> my segment here. Who is an athlete in the 2025 class out of prestigious Gonzaga High School, Gonzaga University High School in Washington, D.C. No stars yet for, per the 247 composite. Six foot, 185 pounds. Dude's a Swiss Army knife. Rob, you watched his huddle. Um, man, this guy does everything. Yeah, he 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 does do everything, uh, returns kicks, everything. But I wrote down, holy fast, Batman. Uh, this guy <laughs> hits like a Mack truck as well. Uh, I love him at safety. I think he's a bigger, faster uh, Pearson. So I, I think... I love this kid. I think he's outstanding. I, I'm, I'm surprised. I, 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 it'll be interesting to see where he comes in in the uh, composite score because uh, this kid's got some amazing film already out there. Yeah, he's tremendous, tremendous athlete. Um, Daniel D.D. Holmes, also out of Gonzaga High School. He's a 2024 defensive end recruit, uh, four-star player. Um, probably Wisconsin, I don't know how involved they're going to get with that recruitment. Um, he's a national recruit at this point. And when you're 6'6", 240 pounds uh, as a defensive end and you have the wingspan he does, which is amazing, uh, Wisconsin traditionally doesn't get these sort of East Coast recruits, but we'll see. Uh, Wisconsin continues their run of offering 2024 running backs with Dijon Riggs out of St. John's High School, also in Washington, D.C., uh, big back, six foot, two hundred and two pounds. Uh, the Badgers, it seems like, are looking for a big running back if they don't get Jordan Marshall. So uh, this is a possible candidate. Uh, Riggs isn't ranked yet per two four seven. At least their composite ranking. It's a pretty solid running back, though. I liked him. He the, his ability to shed contact when he gets hit is pretty sweet. Um, it's he's hard to stop with one person. That's for sure. Yep. Uh, Booker Pickett, an edge rusher, uh, another four-star player. He is out of Wharton High School in Tampa. Wisconsin hit Tampa hard with scholarship offers. Uh, I don't know how if that's going to come to fruition in this class, 20, or the upcoming class, 2024, or if they're sort of playing a long game and waiting to see if they can get in in 2025 and 2026. Uh, Pickett is just a pure pass rusher. I watched his huddle film. They didn't really ask him to do anything else. He never dropped into coverage. He never, uh, you know, played with with a hand in the ground. It was just strictly rushing off the edge. He's just really good at it. Um, 6'3", 200 pounds, um, obviously has the frame and athleticism to grow into either a bigger edge or maybe even play some linebacker. Dallas Golden, another athlete we offer, this time out of Berkeley Prep in Tampa, a 2025 player, um, 6'1", 165 pounds. He's pretty skinny, um, fairly talented player. I'm not going to go uh, too much into him um, because all these all these Florida offers, until something happens with them, we don't know what's going We don't know how much we need to talk about these players. Um, Xavier Lucas was a 2024 defensive back out of Florida, um, six, six and a half, six foot and a half inch. I don't know why. <laughs> Just go one or the other round down or round up, uh, 185 pounds. He's a three star out of Dillard in Fort Lauderdale. 
Um, you know, Southern Southern Florida defensive backs. Wisconsin's had a lot of success with those, so we'll see what happens there. Um, interesting athlete, uh, Shalil Cummings out of Bradford High School in Stark, Florida. Uh, he is listed as an athlete, probably going to play either wide receiver or safety at the next level, 5'11", 186 pounds. Uh, this one might turn into something. Three-star players who are in Florida, Wisconsin, that tends to be right in their wheelhouse of like at least getting some sort of look. Um, a guy that we didn't mention last week who did get his offer, I think the day we recorded our last podcast, was Solomon Lil Saul Thomas. I love that nickname. Any offensive lineman who's got Lil in their nickname is not. And he is not either. He's 6'3", 278 pounds as a high school junior. So, um, I'm sorry, as a sophomore, my yeah. apologies. Um, he's out of Reigns High School in Jacksonville. Uh, the Badgers put out a ton of offers in Jacksonville the week before this last one, and he was at the tail end of that. Uh, we'll see if they can make some penetration for him. His, with his name, I can almost see him in a in a Florida State uniform. Like literally, <laughs> exactly. I can I can look in my mind and see him on Florida State's roster. Um, I the Badgers went into Carroll Wood Day High School in Tampa, which is a big football factory. And offered two 2024 recruits, Isaiah Williams, who I, I hate to say this, they're just probably not going to get six yeah. foot, 160 pounds. He plays a lot like Xavier Worthy, who now I believe plays for Texas. But um, yeah, he's really good player. Another guy they're probably not going to get. And I thought they had offered before, but maybe not, was Anthony Scuda Carey, uh, running back, another four star running back we've offered. Uh, he's six foot, 185 pounds, probably one of the top running backs in the country. Um, Wisconsin is so loaded with guys they're recruiting at that position. I'm pretty sure he's not going to register with them because they've got so many other options. One of my favorite names of all, Jere Tank Hawkins Jr., who is a 2024 wide receiver, four-star player out of IMG Academy. The reason that I love it that his nickname is Tank is because he's all of 5'9", 160 pounds. <laughs> That's brilliant marketing, folks. And he is tough, too. He's a tough kid. So Tank kind of fits him. Uh, really, really uh, good explosive burst. I think there were some blocking highlights in his cuddle film, which is rare for a wide receiver at IMG Academy to like highlight, hey, I could block. But um, another another recruit out of IMG, uh, 2025 wide receiver Donovan Olugbode, who came to them from Montini Catholic in Illinois, and I can't find anything outside of his freshman year film from Montini Catholic, so I don't really know what to say about him. He's tall. Yes. Yes, he is. 6'2", <laughs> 175 pounds. Not as tall as one of my favorite guys that we watched Huddle Film on. Rob and I both watched it out of Tampa Catholic, Terrence T.J. Moore Jr. Uh, 2024 player, 6'3", 190 pounds. Only a three-star, and I have no clue why. Uh, Rob, you watched that film. Um, what, what, didn't, what didn't he do right? 
Well, I'll tell you what, I hope that he stays a three star and nobody ever sees his film and we get him quick because this guy's tall, as we noted, 6'3". He's fast and his ability, his route running is amazing, but his ability to catch the ball. I mean, we I think we saw film of him tipping it to himself. We saw twice. film of him twice, yeah, twice catching it one handed, uh, tiptoeing in the end zone. Uh, he, his his control is amazing. He caught one pass with literally the web in between his thumb and his forefinger. Ball stuck right here, and he still got it. Yeah, I was I was stunned. Uh, they they need to check his his gloves for stickum because he just caught everything. I don't know and, if he's just one of those guys that hasn't gone to any showcases or anything, but <sighs> I, I do not understand how he's only a three star. Yeah, the, it was it, and I'm pretty certain that when I tweeted out his offer for the Bucky Cast account, I said his film is ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Anyone, if you care to watch Huddle film just for the pure enjoyment of watching it, watch his Huddle film. It's crazy. Anyway, moving on on our on our uh, cavalcade of offers here. Uh, Vernell Trey Brown, 2025 athlete, again out of Wildwood High School in Florida. Um, a little, another smaller player, 5'9, 155 pounds. I'm not going to talk too much about him because I don't know where that's going to go. A uh, few prospects out of Georgia, uh, Brunswick High School, which Wisconsin has been hitting this cycle so far. Uh, Gino Gaduli throwing out scallies down there like crazy. <laughs> Uh, Devin Smith, who's a 2024 linebacker, uh, no stars yet. I don't know why. Uh, at 6'3", 225 pounds, runs like lightning. He's just super fast. Um, almost almost perfect frame for a linebacker. I have a feeling the big boys are going to get in on him sooner rather than later. Heze Kent, who is a 2026 prospect. He's a freshman tight end, dude 6'6", 250 pounds. I'm sorry, 6'5", 250. I, up, I gave him an inch extra, which he doesn't need. Uh, could only find one highlight for him uh, in huddle. And actually, no, it wasn't even in huddle. It was actually, I found it um, just by uh, Googling his name. Yeah, me too. And the same, the same clip got sent to me when I tweeted out his offer i said we don't have anything on him but i'm assuming he's good because he's got all the sec schools after him and i proceeded to get a bunch of messages i think one was from his high school coach saying oh he's good so um that's that's an interesting recruitment that i don't i don't know how long wisconsin's gonna be able to stay in that one it's it's tough to gauge i mean he catches the ball really well but like you said he's 6'5 250 and it was fresh from film so everyone is a Everyone looks like a, a mighty midget compared to him. So it was just, yeah. <laughs> That's one of three tight end offers Wisconsin made in Georgia. If you want some tight ends, go down to Georgia. Uh, <laughs> Ethan Barber out of Alpharetta High School and Emery Winston, who is out of Calhoun. Both are 2025 tight end prospects. Barber looks like a just a big wide receiver at this point yeah. at 6'3", 215. Winston's more of an H-back type, 6'3", 230 pounds. Um, both are great receiving threats. Yep. Um, so we'll see if Wisconsin can even, again, hang in on these recruitments. But they're both they're both good offers. Uh, 
at running another running back uh, out of North Cobb High School in Kennesaw, Georgia. One of my favorite watches of last week, David Eziamume. Uh, 6'1", 200 pounds, doesn't have any stars yet because he's listed as an athlete. I don't know how he doesn't have a composite score. This guy's film on Huddle is the best I saw out of any of the running backs I've watched. I'm including Jordan Marshall. He is just, he's got everything, speed. He, he doesn't even look like he's trying to outrun guys, and he's just blowing past him. A uh, tough runner can catch the ball, can can slide out and and catch it. Um, if Wisconsin can stay in this recruitment, this is a dark horse sleeper, in my yeah. opinion, for a player they could come up with. If they don't stay in the Jordan Marshall sweepstakes, and they come around to wanting a third running back, if they if they don't get any of their really top three or four targets, this is a guy I would come back to time and time again because he just looks phenomenal i really hope they stay with him because i'm really going to be sad if he plays anywhere else but wisconsin yeah same thing that we talked about with with jordan is man he moves like a pinball sometimes his his lateral movement is fast and then he picks it up right away going forward again Uh, you're right his ability to catch out of the backfield yeah excellent player again still not sure why about the no stars but excellent player yeah uh, Dylan Lewis was a 2025 cornerback they offered out of uh, Milton High School in Alpharetta, uh, 6'1", 180, so the requisite size is already there as a sophomore. Uh, I don't expect Wisconsin to stick around in that recruitment for very long. 6'1", cornerbacks from Georgia, uh, who are already 6'1", when they're sophomores, tend to stay in Georgia. Uh, let's see here. The only, oh, we we're getting down into the, um, the camp offers and I kind of want to hold off on those until the very end. Uh, the Badgers continue to hit, um, the Baltimore, Maryland area pretty hard. Um, Dylan Jones, uh, running back out of good counsel in only, in only Maryland, excuse me there, uh, four-star back um 511 180 dylan jones if it wasn't for david eziamume would have been my favorite running back yeah absolutely he's got his stiff arm is mean uh he he, his ability to continue running after first contact uh spot on i mean it's gonna be hard to get him down and he's got speed he's very fast i mean i think obviously this staff is going for a lot of speed because all of these almost all of these guys have speed uh he also has an incredible decisiveness. Yep. Uh, he When he sees the hole, he plants his foot and he goes. And he will shoot right through that hole before it closes. Or as it's closing. He's just that good. So I don't know that Wisconsin is going to be able to stay in this one either. Um, this is going to be one that every SEC and uh, ACC school is going to be on. Along with Penn State, I'm assuming. And Maryland. Um, Nathaniel Awusu Boateng, who is a linebacker of powerhouse DeMatha Catholic. Most people know DeMatha from basketball players. Well, they've got good football players, too. Um, Boateng's a 6'2", 205-pound sophomore. So we uh, I, I don't know how much that will uh, carry forward into the next recruiting cl- cycle after 2024, but we'll wait and see. 
Uh, Darian Mayo is an edge out of Good Counsel, uh, 2024 class. He's a three-star, 6'7", 247 pounds. Not a lot of edges that are six foot seven. Yeah. I, I, as I said on uh, Twitter, he's got a lot of Isaiah Loudermilk in him. Uh, that that big wingspan, um, that that good. I, I wouldn't say he's he's the greatest. He's a better athlete than Loudermilk was, and Loudermilk's playing in the league. So this is a guy that if they if they stick with him, I'd be very curious to see how this turns out because he has defensive end size. And that that amazing wingspan combined with that athleticism is just crazy. Yeah, and he has a natural ability to shed blockers, too. The one yep. thing I found interesting was at his size, I, I didn't feel that he attacked with power. He relies more on his athleticism. So I think he needs to be encouraged to hit somebody and be strong, you know, use his strength as well. Yep. Uh, another player out of good counsel, this one uh, in 2025, Fahim Delane, who's one of the top five safeties in the 2025 class. 6'2", 182 pounds. Um, I don't think Wisconsin's going to be <laughs> chasing him for long. I'm pretty sure he's destined for one of the Blue Bloods, but they did offer him. Um, out of St. Francis Academy in Baltimore, the Badgers offered uh, Blake Bobble Woodby who's a 2025 cornerback. He is a five-star player already. So at 5'11", 180 pounds. Um, again, I doubt Wisconsin is going to be able to hang within this recruitment, but we'll see. We'll see if Paul Haynes can pull off a miracle. I didn't see the five-star on, on the notes here, and so I wrote, let's get this guy, because yeah. his ability to pick the pocket is is amazing. Uh, yeah, if you watch guys huddle film uh, and then you look at their star ratings, you start to realize why you love them so much. Um, anyway, uh, Caleb Red. I don't know that Wisconsin's going to get Caleb Red. He's out of Missouri to Smet Jesuit, which is a big one of the big football high schools in the St. Louis area. Uh, tweeted out his offer from Wisconsin University. So, <laughs> based off of that nice. alone. Um, I don't know that we're a serious contender for Mr. Red's services. Uh, he is not ranked yet. Um, let's see here. Continuing on, Demarion Witten, uh, 2024 tight end of Glenville High School in Cleveland. Obviously, Wisconsin wants to get into Glenville. That is a football factory in Cleveland. He's a four-star tight end, but we don't really need him anymore. Uh, they may keep him warm until he commits to Ohio State or wherever, but not much going to go on there. Um, athlete out of Tennessee, Cameron Sparks, class of 2025. Again, five-star player, 6'3", 210 pounds, plays safety, plays wide receiver, looks really good doing both, probably not going to Wisconsin. Drelon Miller, wide receiver, Draylon, Drelon, Draylon, we'll say Draylon. Four-star, 2024 wide receiver out of Silsby, Texas. And he's all of that and more. Uh, one of the top 10 wide receivers in the country. Wisconsin's not getting him either. Uh, 6'2", 200 pounds. Just, yeah, there's no chance. A guy that, a, a, a second tank. We have two tanks on the show. James Tank Carrington. 2026 uh, defensive tackle out of Oscar Smith High School in Chesapeake, Virginia. 
a more this, appropriate nickname. <laughs> yeah, he's much, that's much more appropriate for for uh, James Carrington. Uh, 6'2", 270 pounds. Guy's just a, a beast at defensive tackle. I'm pretty sure this is going to be a this is going to be a guy that Penn State's going to be on like whites on rice. So um, this this will be interesting to see if Wisconsin can carry any momentum forward with him. Uh, he seemed pretty excited about the offer, but I do, I just you don't know with a kid who's a who's a freshman, and he's a freshman. Yeah. So. Um, and then we get into the camp offers. So Wisconsin had, well, not camp, I'm sorry, the junior day offers. Wisconsin had their junior day on January 28th. A lot of guys showed up. Um, some of the most prominent, Jalen Williams, who's a defensive end, six foot six, um, out, I believe out of Illinois. Um, he was their top 50 recruit for the class of 2025. Wisconsin's got evidently a really good uh sitting with him so far so we'll see if they can stay in that race i'm pretty sure that's going to include every blue blood in the country yeah uh some of the other guys to show up mostly most of the guys that were really uh well thought of and were um were giving interviews were out of illinois and wisconsin um, three of them are very prominent uh, recruits that we've talked about before. At least two of them are. Mm-hmm. Uh, 2024 linebacker Landon Gautier and uh, 2024 offensive lineman Derek Jensen. Uh, Gautier plays for Bayport High School, which is one of the big powers um, in the northeastern part of the state. Uh, Bayport's right outside of uh, Green Bay in the Swamico area. 6'3", 220 pounds, uh, Gautier hits like a ton of bricks. Yep. He really, he, he really gets after you. And I'm, I am 99% positive that within the next four months, he's going to jump on this offer. Um, I, I, I know there are other schools competing for him who offered him earlier, but I think he really was waiting for this offer. It probably should have gone out sooner than it did, but it's been made now, and I think Wisconsin's going to wind up reeling him in. Uh, Rob, we've watched Derek Jensen uh, out of Heartland Arrowhead for quite some time. Um, I don't know what what your thoughts are. 6'6", 285 pounds. This is an offer that... The Bucky Cast podcast in general has been advocating for almost well, I think it's been well over a year. Yeah. And finally, the staff pulled the trigger. Um, Jensen has been waiting for this offer, much like Gautier. Uh, when you watch Jensen's film, he's just so much taller than everybody else he's playing <laughs> that he doesn't do a lot of bending. Yeah. Uh, plays very upright, um, gets put upright in a lot of situations. And also, um, you know, he, he there's not, there's some mean to him, but not a lot. He's not nasty. Like you watch Donovan Harbor, uh, you watch a couple other guys that we're going to talk about, and they're nasty. I mean, they're mean. Yep. And that's what you want in your offensive lineman. Derek Jensen's just sort of, you know, I, I'm bigger than you. I can do what I want. And that doesn't mean he's going to be a bad 
uh, college football player. It means he's going to require a lot of coaching. Yeah, because right now he's getting by on pure size. Yeah, I think he's he's one of the typical Wisconsin linemen who come in, and you're right. After two or three years, he's going to be a good starter for Wisconsin. He's not like uh, a Strebig that we think is going to come in and dominate. He's not like um, you know a Wedig or a Nelson uh, who, especially Nelson, Joe Brunner, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> when it, when someone says mean and, and will to dominate, that's the first person I think of for Wisconsin offensive lineman is Joe Brunner. So, yeah, I think he's going to be a stable, excellent player for Wisconsin um, once he gets into the program and works through everything for a couple of years. And then the final offer that they made was for a 2025 kid who, you know what, I'm a little embarrassed to say I didn't know anything about until the offer was made. And then I realized what a fool I was. James Flanagan is the son of Jim Flanagan, who uh, played for the Packers. Um, prior to that, he played for Notre Dame. Uh, he was one of the last recruits out the door when Barry Alvarez took over at Wisconsin and who left the state because, you know, Wisconsin just wasn't very good and nobody wanted to stay and play. So James is a tight end, 6'5", 220 pounds already as a sophomore, plays at Green Bay, Notre Dame, Notre Dame de la Boy, <laughs> uh, which is a private school in Green Bay. This is how embarrassed I am. Notre Dame de la Boy is located on the same block as my in-laws house. <laughs> I drive by that stadium every time I go to visit my in-laws and had no idea about this kid at all. So uh, watching his film, Rob, what did you think? I think he looks good. I think um, just like we, we talked about earlier, um, I think, you know, with like Grant Stack and his fluidness, uh, his ability to run routes really well um, and his ability to catch um, away from his body, good catch radius. Uh, I, I see all of those things in his film when, when I watch those. Yeah, he is, he is probably going to be a four-star tight end and a lot of powers are going to get in on him, particularly Notre Dame because he's a yeah. legacy. So this is going to be a fight for Wisconsin, but he's probably the top player in the state. And there are a lot of good 2025 players. Having watched his film, I'm confident in saying that. So um, a couple other guys that we that got their offers from junior day. Uh, Kyan Barry Johnson, who is a wide receiver out of Bolingbrook High School in Illinois. Three-star player, 5'10", 162 pounds. Does not play like he's 5'10". Mm -hmm. um, has tremendous hops. Uh, he can get up. He can snag the ball. He's He seems to be a specialist in snagging the ball out of the air when the other defensive back is bigger and feels like they have the correct position. Uh, Rob, what, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think that's I think you're exactly spot on. Given his size, you would think, you know, a slot, a speedy slot receiver. Uh, but, but yeah, his ability to go up and get the ball was, was pretty impressive to me. And it ain't like he's slow either. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, this, this is one to keep an eye on. I think this is a kid who, um, is definitely very interested in Wisconsin 
and is achievable and frankly might be um, ranked lower than he should be in the 247 composite because he may have not gotten as much exposure as he should have. I don't know how that's possible considering he's from Bolingbrook. Yeah. But um, anyway, this is a guy that definitely might be achievable for the Badgers. And um, don't be fooled by that three-star ranking. He's pretty good. Finally, we get to one of my favorite evaluations that I've made this week. <laughs> uh, the last guy to get an offer out of junior day, Colin Cubberly, out of Arlington High School in Lagrangeville, New York. Um, purportedly the num- he's got no star ranking yet for the 247 composite, purportedly the number one player in New York for the 2024 class. 6'6, 300 pounds. Rob, I, I said to you before we started broadcasting, he looks like a box that you stuck arms and legs and a head on. And I saw that. I was initially like, I'm not going to be impressed at all, am I? This guy's a project. No, he's not. Absolutely not. <laughs> yeah, he, he when you can... said when you said that, I took a look at. It, I'm like, you're right. You could this. You could use this for a kids program to teach what a rectangle looks like. That's. <laughs> I, I didn't notice that when I watched the film before, but your comment was spot on. But you're absolutely right. I cannot believe the way this guy moves at the size that he is six six three hundred pounds. And he is uh, sprinting out. Uh, he's got great feet. Um, and he will hit you and then bounce off. He's always looking at where the play is going. Mm-hmm. Um, th- this guy is a great player. And I, I I don't understand how he has no stars yet. Yeah, his, his ability to get from his primary to his secondary to his tertiary, sometimes even block, is incredible. And like you said, those those quick feet, uh, on the pass rush, you would think looking at his body shape that he would be helpless against speed rushers. He mirrors them perfectly. Yeah, He doesn't even really have to put forth a lot of effort. He just gets in their way. So this is a, another guy that Wisconsin fans need to pay attention to because he could very well wind up being in the class and will probably be a high three-star at worst talent. But this is this guy's got it, so... Um, one quick note on the class of 2024, Wisconsin did lose a player from it. Um, you know, it's not very big yet, but we did lose a player. Austin Alexander, the cornerback out of Chicago, Illinois, who committed to the previous staff, uh, came in for junior day back on the 21st. Sounds like there was a sort of a mutual decision to part ways. And now he's, you know, reopened his um, reopened his recruitment. He said he's still open to Wisconsin but um, in all likelihood, not going to go to the Badgers. So Wisconsin is now on the market for at least two, possibly three corners in this upcoming class. Right. On that note, we're going to bring it to an end. Once again, we this was a recruiting show. I don't expect the next few weeks to be recruiting shows. I think we're over. I think offer Palooza is over. <laughs> so we've we've knocked out all the obvious candidates now. Uh, Rob, what are you looking forward to? Uh, I am looking forward to the basketball game tomorrow. I, I really hope that we see some of what we saw at the beginning of the season. I hope that, uh, you know, last couple games, Crowell has really had trouble with the double team. And uh, Wall has really not been pushing the post as much as he was in the beginning. So 
I'm hoping we see some of that come back and that we get a rebound from the basketball team. Well, as I titled this show, uh, February is a boring sports month. And uh, so looking forward to things, I'm going to skip basketball and I'm going to go to women's hockey. How much can they fill the, the goal center? Can they put a lot of people in there? If they can put a lot of people in yeah. the goal center, uh, you know, I'll be happy for that. Most importantly, they need to sweep this weekend. St. Cloud State is an opponent that they can and should sweep. Uh, they need to keep beating teams in order to hold on to that uh, NCAA tournament hope because the NCAA tournament for women folks is only eight teams. Yeah. Uh, so they really need to to kick it into gear to to keep up because right now um, in the WCHA, Ohio State and uh, Minnesota and Minnesota Duluth are all ahead of them. Yep. Will the will the NCAA tournament take four teams out of the WCHA? I don't know. A lot of good teams out east too. Yep. So I'm looking forward to that, seeing if they can keep their momentum from the last couple weekends going. All right, folks, if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, follow us at the BuckyCast. Otherwise, uh, subscribe to our YouTube channel. We have a YouTube channel. We will have Instagram again shortly. Uh, and also, you can send us an email. We'd love to get some emails, some feedback, positive or negative, anything at all. We have a pulse. <laughs> uh, the BuckyCast43 at gmail.com. Until next week, folks, this is John with Rob saying peace out, people. Go Badgers.